Hi, my name is Flip Awesome Aguilera, and welcome to Wait, the show where I find interesting people just like you and discover what's going on between their ears. Now, let's get to know one another. What's going on, everybody? Flip Awesome Aguilera, and welcome to another episode of Wait. And today's mantra is, be thankful that when called upon, you're able to share and give to those who seek their own way through the path. So here's to uh, enjoying the journey and the path. You see here, I have a very beautiful, curly-haired, wonderful person here. And this is Rebecca Whitman, who is a podcast host. And I'm going to let her tell you everything about that. But before that, my relationship with Rebecca is we got introduced by somebody in a networking group called Cheyenne. So thanks, Cheyenne. And she had me on her podcast, which I've been sharing for the past two weeks. So you can go take a look at that. Tell us about who you are. All right. Well, thank you so much, Flip, for having me on your podcast. It's so great to see you again. And I love how we met just, you know, through someone that, you know, we both don't even know that well and she connected us and now we're reaching different wonderful people through the podcast uh, platform so it's just great to be here so my story you want my story yeah let's hear so, all about Rebecca's story okay so I grew up believing that if you go to school and get good grades that you would end up being the most successful so I did that. I went to Princeton University. I graduated with honors and I moved to New York City and I thought I would get a great job with my Ivy League education. And they offered me internships, which is working for free. So I answered help one ads and I found one that said circle me. And it said if I would sell nutrition, weight loss and water filtration products, I could be rich in five years. So I believed it. I was 22 and I ended up attending thousands of hours of trainings with self-made millionaires in network marketing. So through those wonderful seminars, I learned a lot about sales and marketing and wealth and abundance. And I always had it in the back of my head that my dream was to act. So I moved to Los Angeles it was frustrating because I would go on auditions, I would take workshops, do photo shoots, and I thought I was doing everything right and I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. I mean, I booked a job here and there. I got to be like a featured extra on some pretty big shows like Friends, CSI, and 24, but I was never able to make a living at it. And I got really frustrated and really angry because I was used to getting results. So I started studying spiritual teachers, great teachers like Marion Williamson, Wayne Dyer, Abraham Hicks, Michael Beckwith. And I started really learning about life and spirituality and how to be happy despite, you know, not getting the results you want. So I was able to take those teachings and develop a lifestyle where I was able to make six figures working part time. And I never, ever thought about writing a book or teaching anyone. And my dad was literally on his deathbed. It was a really, really intense week because my marriage ended and my divorce papers were finalized two days after my dad's funeral. So it was a really, really intense week. And somehow after that week, I was able to function. I was able to perform at work. I was able to show up for my workouts and my life. And I was 
grieving, but I was still feeling a joy that surpassed human understanding because of my connection to the divine and just gratitude for being alive. And I was wondering, what should I write? What should I write? I couldn't figure it out. My dad asked on his deathbed for me to write something. He said, Rebecca, I don't care what you write. If it's an essay, a magazine article, a book, just write something because you have such an interesting perspective and I want the world to know about it. And I was asking the universe for signs and I was sitting across the desk from my financial planner and he's like, I'm looking at your portfolio and you're doing really well. You own over a million dollars of real estate. You're doing great. But why are you always wearing workout clothes whenever I see you? It's like, what are you doing? And I said, you know what? I'm going to teach people what I'm doing and I'm going to write a book and it's going to be called how to make a six figure income working part time. So I can actually teach people how I live life and how I'm able to do it. And what I do flip is I divide life into seven areas of balance. And when you get all these seven areas in a balance, you can have an abundant life, your spiritual life, your fitness, emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally your financial life. And that's my lifestyle and my teachings. It's all about having work-life balance so you can have fun and freedom. Wow. Sounds like you've had a very exciting uh, ride while you've been on this, on this planet. So I, I have. You, you I really have. You've been through Ivy League. You've been through network. You've been through acting. You've been through spirituality. Can you break those things apart? And tell us, like, you know, what, what are some of the fundamentals that you learned from the Ivy League as opposed to some of the fundamentals you learned from the networking? You know, all these things that finally brought the whole seven steps together. Wow. Well, what I learned from being in the Ivy League is to question everything. Part of how they teach is don't just believe what the teacher or what society or what anyone is telling you. Like, Go underneath that and research it and find out like what's true for you. So I really found my own authentic self and my own voice. And I learned how to disseminate information and not just be blindly led by propaganda or teachings. So that was invaluable. Um, in network marketing, I learned so much. Um, it was like getting a master's in sales. Basically, I learned how important stories are in selling, but also in life, how to be a really good storyteller. And I learned that facts tell and stories sell and how to tell a great story. And in spirituality, oh my God, I learned so much. That could be the whole podcast. Wow. It's about surrender, surrendering myself to the flow and not trying to control things but getting myself in alignment with how things are going so that I can have an easier ride when I align myself with what is happening rather than trying to control what is happening. So I would say that's one of the biggest tenets that has helped me is like being in flow and surrendering what I want to the divine will. And how about that acting part? Cause I'm sure you <laughs> learned a whole lot in that LA acting, you know, community. I did. I learned that really what I was not willing to do. I was not willing to starve myself to get roles. I remember I really wanted to be on the show Entourage. And I have a really like athletic build, like I'm 5'8", 145 pounds. And 
you couldn't be on that show unless you were a size four or below. And that was like, ah, that was devastating to me. Like, I'm not going to starve myself. I want to be on entourage, but I'm not going to starve myself to be a size four. So I realized that I'm not willing to starve myself and I'm not willing to sleep on the casting couch. You know, I had a chance to have a bigger role on a certain series that we all know. And I wasn't willing to do it. I kind of learned that it's more important for me to have my soul intact than to have an acting career and to have my health intact than to have an acting career and not starve myself. And I realized that I just, I want to follow like my own moral compass more than I want to like get a result in the world. And that was, that was a powerful lesson. Awesome. So thank you for sharing all of uh, that story, which, you know, all of that is the foundation for the question that I'm going to ask you next, because, okay. you know, it's, you know, it just seems like you've had such an amazing roller coaster experience while you've been on here. <laughs> so now we're going to go to the question of, of this podcast. And that is with all that as your foundation, what's engaging your thoughts lately? <laughs> that is so amazing. So I, I believe that everything happens for a reason. So I wake up this morning and I look at my phone. I follow you. I like the YouTube page. I'm a huge YouTube fan, the band YouTube. Okay. And the song comes up today where the streets have no name. And I saw it and then I went to my notifications to listen. I couldn't find it. So I'm like, you know what? I believe the universe drops us clues. So I'm like, I'm going to go to YouTube. I'm going to find the video where the streets have no name. And for some reason, I'm supposed to listen to it today. So have you seen the video? I have not seen it, not okay. recently at least. <laughs> it's old, I mean, yeah. it's old. But they, they go to downtown LA and the police and everyone's like, oh no, you can't be here. You can't shoot a video. There's a crowd, you know, forming. You can't do this. And they like did it anyway. And their song, of course, you know, where the streets have no name is all about love and like being beyond labels and being beyond definitions and just like no matter what people are throwing at you you just come from love so that song and how the people were treating them like the police and the newscasters and you know they were still like being true to their message which was like coming from love and like encouraging people to go where the streets have no name and I just thought that is such a beautiful message, especially now where everything's like labeled, like conservative, liberal, like mass, no mass, like everything is so, um, I feel like we're in a, a cultural civil war kind of, and there's just tribalism happening right now. Like this is my tribe and this is your tribe and my tribe doesn't like your tribe. And this song to me was like, we're going beyond that where the streets have no name and it's about being love and going above and beyond what's happening in the world. And I thought this is just, now I know why I was like drawn to listen to this song today. Awesome. So going back to, you were talking about the network marketing and now you're bringing this song of where the streets had no name. And you also, you know, said, these times that we're going through where there's so much divisiveness to your point the way that we just market everything in our culture and how it's feeding into maybe some of the divisiveness and not taking us to a place where the streets have no name 
I am a capitalist. Okay. <laughs> I'm a spiritual capitalist. So All right. why my coaching and why my teaching is so different is there's a lot of metaphysical spiritual teachers and there's a lot of sales and marketing teachers. So I do both. I, I teach sales and marketing through spiritual principles. So the question that you ask is really great. So to me, sales and marketing has got to be service-based. It's not selling someone something from your network marketing because you want to make money. It's, I really want to help you. I know you have a problem. I know you're struggling with your weight. I know you're struggling with not feeling enough energy. I know you're struggling with whatever it is you're struggling. And I want to help you. And we do it all the time, whether it's through our own network marketing or not. If, if somebody was struggling and I knew a book or a supplement or something that would help them, I would offer it to them. So I think it's all about coming from a service perspective and then, and then not being a pushy salesperson. It's like not having expectations. It's like here, I have the product, I have the good, I have the service that will help you. I'm offering it to you. If you want it, great. If you don't want it, that's totally your choice. So I think high pressure sales are really a turnoff, especially in these times. Yeah, for sure. And you made mention earlier to, you know, being in LA, being an actress, being on specific shows, you wanted to be on Entourage, but they only take a size four. Sit, now, I've never met you physically in person, but just sitting from over here, you seem like a very beautiful person to me. Thank you. What have been some of the, you know, ups and downs, pros and cons, yin and yang that you've had with your body? going, you know, th to a place like LA where they want you to fit this certain circumstance and being that, you know, you brought up that you think being a critical thinker is awesome and that you learned that from the Ivy League. So how did, you know, just your experience of being in that world where everything is about looks clash and work with the part of you that's a critical thinker, that's spiritual, that's, that's super smart. <laughs> You know, I had to come up with an affirmation flip to not identify so much with my body. And it's like a poem that I'm going to share here with your listeners. It's a whole poem that listen, I, I had to tell myself this a thousand times a day because I didn't want to be so identified with my body. So it's, I'm not, and it's also about not being identified with materialism. It's, I am not, and it's in my book too, <laughs> the poem. Um, I am not what I have. I am not what I do. I am not my age. I am not my height. I am not my weight. I am not my dress size. I am not my relationship with men because I was single at the time. I am not what other people think of me. I am not my society. I am what I am and it's enough. I am as God created me. All my needs are always met. All things are working together for my highest good. Everything I do comes easily, effortlessly, and elegantly. Everything in the universe is for me and nothing is against me. Life is supposed to be fun. I stopped taking myself so damn seriously. I stopped fighting anyone or anything, even you, thanks God. So that's how I pushed myself up and didn't feed into all the LA Hollywood hype. Did you just recite that? 
I know it by heart. Yeah. That's awesome. That just came off. <laughs> I've said so it to boom. myself a million times. <laughs> yeah, so. That's great. See, nobody knew they were going to get the mantra in the beginning and now bonus affirmation. Bam. There you go. Universe giving it to you. There's a lot of affirmations in there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So part of your being balanced is also like your finances and career. And it seems like you've set that up pretty good for yourself. So how is it that you are spreading that message and showing people, you know, it's, you can do this too. Yeah. Well, I provide coaching. I have one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have group coaching. I have this, uh, these seven pillars of abundance and I help people get each area to a level 10. So people think like, oh, what is my health and fitness? I know you're a trainer, Flip, have anything to do with my finances. Like, I want to just make money first, and then I'll hire a personal trainer, and then I'll hire a cook and a nutritionist, and then I'll get in shape. But it's actually the opposite. If you get in shape first, if you eat good nutrition first, then you're going to have the energy and the passion to pour into making your financial life great. So I put these seven areas in order of importance. So that's why spirituality is first, fitness is second, and then they go on to emotional, romantic, mental, social, financial. Your finances are the very last piece of the puzzle because when everything else is in alignment, it's a lot easier to make money. Have you ever had a bad relationship that was affecting your financial life? Yeah, for sure, yeah. You've been divorced too, so. Yeah. You know, it's important to have a loving romantic partnership before you have your complete awesome financial abundance. So all these things are areas that come in alignment before the big financial wins start to happen. And when did you prioritize the order of them? How did you come to the order of them? Um, just through life. I mean, just through just through living life and seeing like how one thing affected it's like finally myself I was able to um, manifest that loving partnership and it took me a long time so once I studied with all these spiritual teachers I started studying with relationship teachers and experts and I thought oh I'm gonna learn everything and I thought I learned everything like how to be masculine how to be feminine how I I wanted to be the feminine energy. I wanted to be the receiver. I thought I married a masculine man and then he wasn't working. So I ended up having to step in and be the provider and the breadwinner. And that messed up my finances because I was providing for two people instead of a partnership of two people working together to make more money. So, I mean, I realized I have to get this relationship thing down first so now I'm in a romantic partnership with someone who is also a go-getter. And now we're creating this really great lifestyle together. So I just kind of through life, I've seen how they're all intertwined. Awesome. Can you speak a little bit more about how the relationship with yourself has evolved from being that Ivy League girl to this, you know, super powerful woman that you are now? You're so nice. Um... Wow, that's such a good question. I've never been asked that. How have I evolved? I think that the power comes from not caring what people think. And when I was that Ivy League girl, although I considered myself a rebel, I was still kind of doing it for what other people think. And I still 
consider myself a validation addict and I'm really trying not to be. I'm aware of it. So there's the three A's of change, awareness, acceptance, and then action. So I'm like just now starting to be aware, God, I'm kind of a validation addict. I'm kind of like wanting to get more likes and more followers every day. And I kind of like compare myself to people who have like more social media followers. It's been a journey of being a total validation addict when I was a college kid to being less and less and less every single day of not wanting validation from the outside and just learning how to give it to myself and, and through God or the universe or whatever you call it. I choose to call, call God, God. So that's, that's been the journey. And the more I don't care what other people think and the less validation I need, the more power I have. That's kind of the ratio. I like those three A's that you put together. That's pretty awesome. All right. So thank you for sharing that part. Now we're going to go on to the next part of the interview. And that is first question. If you could speak to anybody dead or alive, who would it be? Wow. Wow. That is such a deep question. I know you told me that right before the show and I didn't have time to think of it. Well, just so, use your, your gut instinct. Who would you like to speak to? Today, today, yeah, the today. two people are coming to my mind. One, Matt Damon, because that's my celebrity crush. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one is Tony Robbins. Okay. So what would you want to, what kind of discussion would you want to have with the, either <laughs> or both of these, uh, these men? I don't know. I just want, I've always wanted to meet Matt Damon ever since I moved to LA. And I know like everyone in LA, it's a small town. It's like three people away. So it's just like been something I always wanted. I just want to meet him and just talk to him. I think he's funny. He's smart. Um, what would I want to ask him? Gosh, just how how he was able to keep himself intact going through the whole Hollywood thing, which is so superficial, and how to stay humble, because I think he's done that relatively well. So that would be that. And then uh, Anthony Robbins, oh my God, like he's such a rags to riches story. I mean, he grew up with like five different dads and an abusive childhood, and he didn't go to college, and he's, you know, created this empire and helped tens of thousands of people and coached presidents. So since I am a coach and he is like the grandfather of the coaching industry, I would just want to ask him like advice and how he did it and how we got momentum and how he got a following and just everything about his journey of how he became a coach. So next question is, what are maybe like three of the top resources that have inspired you? Oh, wow. Well, I would say the book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is one of my favorite books. I hope I can remember them on the spot, but it's uh, be impeccable with your word. Always do your best. Don't take anything personally. Don't assume anything. That book especially, like I said, don't take anything personally. It kind of goes with the validation thing yeah. of not caring what people think. That chapter I've read over and over and over again. So that would be my number one, one of my favorite spiritual books. 
Um, the other thing is for romance. I love the book, The Five Love Languages. Have yeah. you read that? I have read The Five Lo Love Languages. I, I, I am a, an acts of service type of person. <laughs> okay, mine are uh, words of appreciation and gifts. So I love the book, The Five Love Languages. It really helps you relate to your partner. And it's really just a great book for your love life. And wow, the third resource it doesn't have to be a book it can be no it can um, be anything anything yeah i would say exercise 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 so i grew up playing tennis i was a nationally ranked tennis player by the age of eight i was ranked in the national 10 and unders actually played tennis where you're from in coral gables at the orange bowl when i was like 10 so it's just part of my life, uh, exercising. And my dad said to sweat once a day. Yeah. And whatever's happening in my life, I'm just really consistent with my exercise. And it's just the endorphins and the dopamine and the serotonin. And I just escape into the movement. I get really into the breathing, like with weightlifting, the inhale and the exhaling on the exertion. And I just, it rubs me up. It gets me in state. As Tony Robbins says, when you move your body, you change your state. And that is one of my go-tos. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I don't work out every day, but five times a week for sure. And I've been doing that pretty much my entire life since like age eight. So I love it. Is there any specific exercises that you're doing now in your life you know because you know you're younger it's easier to do tennis and i'm not saying that you're old by any stretch of the imagination right, right, right. but you know as we get older we need to work a little more on joint integrity or you know just different styles of exercise so is there a style of exercise that your body has been craving more lately so i i start the day with 10 minutes of yoga 10 to 15 minutes and then I meditate. So that's another huge thing is meditation. That would be the fourth thing. But so I do the yoga every morning and then I do um, hardcore workouts. So I do hit training. I do tennis. I, um, yeah, like I'm, it's amazing because I am in my forties and I feel the same in my body as I did when I was 20. I don't feel different. Like when yeah. I wake up in the morning, I feel the exact same. It's such a blessing. There are no, I don't feel like I have to change my workout that much. So maybe instead of like uh, when I do my HIIT training, doing all high impact, you know, sometimes I'll take the bounce out and make it low impact, but I feel great in my body. And it's because of working out my whole life, doing the 10 minutes of flexibility work. And I take a lot of supplements and I have a really clean diet. So I'm really blessed. Like I, I can play tennis for an hour and a half in the hot sun and it's, it's fine. Like I can totally do it. All right. So one day I'm looking forward to either me going to California, <laughs> you coming to Colorado and we're going to do some, uh, some good hit training and uh, we'll put oh, it on yeah. video let's, and try to inspire people. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do a video. We can even do it via zoom. <laughs> yeah, we can, but I am very much uh, like, you know, some days my body gets up and it's like, you need to hit it hard today. Some days it's like today, it's yoga all day long. 
or you know some days it'll be like go do some bar even though guys really don't do bar but that burn that you Ooh, get in bar love it. that is something right there that's a different style of fitness and it's you know, a different style so yeah that you know i do mix in pilates uh with the hit training the one uh, the pilates that you do on the mega former yeah and it's low impact but wow the core and the core. burn that i get uh it works the muscles in such a deep way that it's unbelievable unfortunately the pilates studios with the megaformers have been closed since covid yeah. but now they're starting to bring the megaformers like outside yeah so i might have to check out one of those classes but wow that's probably even harder for me than the hit training and it's a lot easier on the joints because there's no impact the the pilates on it's called legree method pilates it is no joke and it's really trendy in la okay cool so everybody keep your eyes peeled and try that uh, new style of pilates coming fresh out of la <laughs> next question and since you've brought them up a few times here we go if you could go back in time and talk to your 18 year old father what would you tell him my 18 year old father yes Wow, this is this like a psychiatry Freudian issue? <laughs> podcast, this is awesome. What would I tell my 18-year-old father? Mm -hmm. Wow, these questions are awesome. <laughs> I would tell him to enjoy life more. And I know he's probably listening now, so I'm getting all like emotional because I believe his spirit's always with me. Okay. because he was such an overachiever. Like he graduated high school at 16, college at 18, medical school at 20. He had to wait a whole year to be a doctor because you had to be 21 to get your medical license. So he was like out of the gates, like a total workaholic overachiever. I would say, dad, enjoy life more. That's great that you want to accomplish things, but it's going to go by so fast. And I want you to enjoy life more. So I have a great story. I was visiting my dad in the nursing home and I said, I figured out life. I figured out life. Success is all about how happy you are and how much joy you feel. I was like, joy is my new definition of success. <laughs> Literally like on his deathbed he's like joy is only one definition of success like he still couldn't accept yeah. it so being that he'd be 18 and influential i would say you know dad life is all about how much joy you can feel each day that's beautiful Thank so you. next and last question is are there any questions you would like to ask me ask you wow yeah. Oh, you get to be the interviewer again. <laughs> okay, this is my podcast, uh, which is Balanced, Beautiful, Abundant. If you want to check out his interview, he was awesome. Okay, what do I want to ask you? Wow, I can totally geek out on like health and fitness questions. This is good. So if you're watching your blood sugar levels, is it okay to have fruit in your smoothie in the morning when you wake up because i have a nutritionist friend she's like all about meat 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 she's like a bulletproof she's girl going carnivore <laughs> yes she's bulletproof lifestyle yeah and i am more like holistic like i want to have greens and antioxidants and more like medical medium okay so those are two totally opposing views that are 
both trending right now. For Bulletproof sure. and the medical medium, which is like celery juice and a you know smoothie in the morning. So where do you fall in that? Like when you when you wake up in the morning, is it okay to have like a low sugar fruit smoothie with like berries and protein powder, or is it better just to fast and skip breakfast? Like if you're working on your blood sugar levels. So where where do you fall in that? Well, I'm going to give, first and foremost start with the answer that all of these questions is really the answer to, and that is, it depends, right? Mm -hmm. It depends on who the person is. You know, you are, you are asking if somebody is having blood sugar issues, you know, they probably should not get up and have this fruit smoothie early in the morning and dose themselves with insulin right off the bat, especially if they're having, if their body is, you know, sending them a message that they are having an issue processing insulin. Right. Now, with that said, I feel and I think from the things that I've, you know, the experimentations I've done to myself, experiments that I've done with clients, I feel that a lot of this has to do with your genetic lineage. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, you come from like a Scandinavian or Russian lineage, right? You know, like hundreds of your ancestors come from that region. Right. Being that I still believe that Darwin, you know, had a pretty good theory going on there. Yeah. If your family comes from that lineage, what are the chances that you are going to be able to process fruits and vegetables that well when most of the year, the only thing you had to eat was fat and protein because nothing really grows in the cold. Right. Now, that's a Scandinavian example. But what if you have the example that, you know, where your ancestors came from somewhere around the equator where there was tons of fruits and vegetables and that's what they had to eat. And maybe occasionally they'd have some meat, but for the most part it was, you know, you're going to have high fiber carbs and that's just what was available in the area that your ancestors grew up. So that's my basis for a lot of nutritional where we stand. The thing is, and you tell me what you think about this nutrition and research, like the research and nutrition is just, it's, it's very, you know, fanatical. It's, it's basically religious almost. Yeah. And that stops people from actually seeing what may actually be there, which. It's more tribalism. Like I was saying, yeah, like mm -hmm. we're the meat eater tribe, we're the vegan tribe, we're the mm -hmm. paleo tribe. That's what's happening in this country flip is even with freaking nutrition, people are being tribalistic. That's, that's, why I was saying the why the streets have no name like really spoke to me today. Yeah. And to your point with that whole streets have no name, how about if, you know, for three months out of the year, your body is saying, you know what, I really do want some meat right now. But then maybe three months after that, it's like, okay, I've had enough of that. I need more of, of the celery juice now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe it's not an all or nothing thing. Maybe because we are dynamic, nutrition should be dynamic as well depending on what it is you're doing. I'm thinking that if you wanted to build some muscle, you probably need some more protein. And if you're breaking down that muscle, not that you can't do it with a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle, but if you're breaking down muscle, chances are your body's going to want muscle <laughs> to try yeah. to put it back together. I try not to you know, get religious with any of the nutritional protocols. What I do at least for myself, is I try to experiment with all of them and see how my body responds. Uh, a few years ago, I went vegan for a few months and 
literally after about three months, I can feel that my body was like, stop doing this. It was fine for a month. It was fine for two, but now you're, you're taking it too far. You need to break it down. And as for things like fasting, I'm a big proponent of fasting. I love it, but I love fasting mostly because I just like the way my brain feels when I'm burning ketones. The second I introduce a carbohydrate, 45 minutes later, I need to take a nap. And it's like you clockwork. Skip breakfast? I skip breakfast. I have not eaten anything today yet. The longer our, uh, our interview goes, the longer I'm going to be fasting. So. so do you have caffeine in the morning or you just skip breakfast? I'm weird. I don't like coffee. What about tea? I, I do like tea. I usually drink tea at night before I go to bed. Every once in a while, if it's a really cold day, that's when I'll, you know, dip into maybe a little more chai tea or something like that. But I typically like to just drink tea right before bed as part of like my sleeping ceremony. So what do you drink in the morning? Just water. water. I'm a water person. And every quarter I do try to do three day fast and Twice a year, I try to go keto, but the reason that I do that is because, you know, in reading research and in seeing my, my 23andMe and like expanding on what's on there, I know that I have the gene, the APOE, the APOE4 gene, which increases my probabilities of getting Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. So one of the protocols that they think, and it's very preliminary, that they think can keep that gene turned off is a ketogenic diet. Wow. So again, I'm experimenting. I don't have the answers, but I do. I feel great when I'm on keto brain wise. Now I don't like that when I am on keto, I lose weight. Like in a week I'll lose 10 pounds and everybody's wow. like, Oh my God, I want to just, <laughs> how can I lose weight like that? And it's like, that's not why I'm doing it though. I'm constantly trying to keep my muscle you know, I'm the ectomorph type that it's hard to keep it on. I have to eat, you know, I'd have to eat four Chipotle burritos to put on some weight. And wow. That's I'm really so hard the, to do. <laughs> I'm the mesomorph. Have you ever heard from yeah. your hips to your hips? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to watch everything that goes into my mouth. See, but I wish I was a mesomorph where I can keep some of that muscle without yeah. having to work for it so hard. Because if I don't work and keep working, it'll, it'll go away in an instant. Yeah. So, and as for supplements and things, you know, since you brought up supplements, I'd be curious to see what, you know, what uh, regimen you are. But when it comes to supplements right now, I'm focusing a lot on like the anti-aging supplements. Yeah. So I've been taking like nicotinamide riboside or nicotinamide mononucleotide with resveratrol and you know, all these things that are supposedly helpful in slowing down the aging process. Yeah, I've, I've heard of Reserveritol. I've never heard of the other thing you said. Mm -hmm. So there's a doctor out of, uh, out of Boston, out of Harvard, and he was an MIT, but he's actually out of Australia. His name is David Sinclair, and he is one of the leading anti-aging people leading that charge. I will be upfront and transparent and say some of the things that I am taking are not very well researched. It's just me, again, being the science experiment to myself to see it what's going right. to happen. So I am not suggesting anybody take these things. I'm just saying this is my protocol that I have been doing now. And so far, so good. Like my blood markers are really, they've gotten, they've gotten better because every year I try to give my blood at the same time. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of the year, I always start the year with a three-day fast. 
and then I do the autoimmune protocol. Because at the end of the year, I go completely off the rails. <laughs> From Thanksgiving to December 31st, that's when I'm just like, you know what? I know I'm not going to feel good, <laughs> but I'm going to wow. do whatever I want. You let yourself go for six weeks, but that's because you're an ectomorph and you're yeah. like, and I can put on weight. <laughs> I can put on, put on five or 10 pounds uh -huh. and lose it like the first week of January. But if I let myself go during the holidays for six weeks, yeah. I would become a different person in January. You wouldn't mm -hmm. even recognize me. <laughs> so two years ago, I remember having a discussion with a friend of mine who was a yoga instructor and it was December 31st. There was like, five minutes left and I told her I can't wait for this to become midnight so that I can go on my fast and just get all of these toxins that I've been putting in out because I felt it like you know you're dragging I oh, yeah. gained a good five or six pounds and during those six weeks I strength trained like I only strength trained. I lift heavy 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 things. that was your bulking phase yeah that's like mm. And then as soon as December 31st, 11.59 to 12 goes to January 1st, boom, I start my fast, three days where I get more into a meditative state and then autoimmune protocol for the rest of the month after that. And I can definitely feel the differences between all of these different types of protocols. What does autoimmune protocol mean? So an autoimmune protocol is basically a fancy way of saying an elimination diet. So I go back to just the basics because I'm just fasting. So after the fasting, maybe for a week, I'll do like bone broth and soups and that are made out of really good ingredients. And then I'll start adding more solids and for the rest of that month. And then February, I usually not as bad as between the holidays, but I'll let myself open up a little. And then in March is when I try to go to the keto. Nice. So it's just experimentation. I haven't tried the carnivore diet yet, but it is on my things to try list just to see uh, what happens. So thanks for that question. <laughs> sure. Tell everybody where they can find the beautiful, abundant Rebecca Whitman. Okay, so speaking of beautiful, abundant, I have a podcast that you can hear Flip and many other experts on. So I divide life into seven areas of balance and I interview experts in each of the seven areas. So the podcast is called Balanced, Beautiful, Abundant. It's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you can hear podcasts. You can get my book, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time on Amazon. If you have Audible, you can hear it for free. And then my social media is at Rebecca E. Whitman on Twitter and Instagram. And my website is RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. So those are all places to stay in touch with me. And I would love to stay in touch with you and see what you're up to and how I can support you. Awesome. So go please look up Rebecca because you can see she's just oozing awesome out of this screen. So <laughs> if you liked this episode, you know, like it, share it, rate it. If you feel the message resonates with you. You can find this and other past episodes of Wait, and remember that's Wait, W-E-Y-T, on YouTube, it's Wait Show, Facebook, it's Wait, Instagram, it's Wait Show, and on podcast players everywhere, it's Wait. To schedule a call with either Rebecca, that she gave you her information, or me, you can send me an email at waitshow at gmail.com, and to close it out, I like to say this every single time and it always brings me so much joy to say this. And that is time and attention is the greatest gift we can give to each other. So here's to spreading more peace, 
love and smile. I love it. Peace out, everyone. <laughs>